Chapter Twenty Six of Say and Seal. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynette Calkins, Monument, Colorado. Say and Seal by Susan Warner. Chapter Twenty Six. The dinner upstairs was a very quiet and uninterrupted one. The dinner downstairs was destined not to be so. The first break was the entrance of Cindy with a bunch of flowers, which the doctor had sent to Miss Derrick, with the desire to know how she was. Faith received the flowers with a dubious face and put them in water on the dinner-table, where they looked splendid. Mrs. Derrick could hardly see their splendor. "'He doesn't think to come round me that way,' she said. "'Child, I wouldn't let you go off with him again for twenty kingdoms.' "'Not with those horses, mother, nor with any others. "'I shan't ever want to have you go with anybody again, Faith.' "'What's going on here?' said a growling voice, which they knew, "'before Mr. Simlins entered the door of the dining-room. "'That galliorn wants me to stay politely in the parlour yonder, "'but I ain't polite, and I come to see you, "'not your doors and windows, nor the pretty paper on your walls. "'What are you all about, Mrs. Derrick? "'I hear the very spirit of turbidness has got into this house.' "'There's not much spirit in me to-day,' said Mrs. Derrick, "'nor spirits neither. "'I've lost what little I had. "'Anybody could knock me down with a straw. "'Sit down, Mr. Simlins, and take some dinner. "'I'm afeard if it's done so easy "'I might occasionally do it with one of them posies,' "'said Mr. Simlins, standing and surveying the bouquet "'as if he didn't know what to make of it. "'Do you eat the grass of the field at your noon spell?' "'You may ask Faith,' said Mrs. Derrick. "'She put em there.' "'Sit down, Mr. Simlins,' said Faith. "'I ain't going to sit down. I've eat my dinner. "'I've just come in, Mrs. Derrick, to see if you're all overturned "'or if there's anything left straight yet.' "'It's all straight,' said Faith, smiling up at him. "'Sit down, Mr. Simlins.' "'What's the truth of it, Mrs. Derrick? "'This child ain't all straight, is she?' "'It followed that, bit by bit, Mr. Simlins got out the story of the accident, "'for neither Faith nor Mrs. Derrick was forward to speak about it. He then inquired, with an unsatisfied grunt, why Faith was posting round with Mr. Harrison, whereat Mrs. Derrick felt justly indignant. "'Why, she ain't! Mr. Simlins! She went down there on business, and there was nobody else at hand to take her just then.' "'What do you call being at hand?' said Mr. Simlins. "'I've got two hands, and more than two horses that won't run away, neither. It's only my cows do that. Where's Mr. Linden?' "'Oh, he's upstairs,' said Mrs. Derrick. "'He's not been down yet. "'Faith, don't you think he's some stronger to-day?' "'And so,' said Mr. Simlins, turning to her again reproachfully. "'While he's lying up there and can't stir, "'you go driving over the country with t'other one.' "'But that brought out Faith's round, low laugh, "'so incontrovertibly merry and musical "'that it changed Mr. Simlins' face on the instant. "'It came to an end almost as soon.' But short as it was, it was better than the warble of any nightingale, inasmuch as the music of a good sound human heart is worth all the birds in creation. "'When's Mr. Linden going to be downstairs where a body can get sight of him?' "'The doctor says he mustn't go out for a long time yet,' said Mrs. Derrick. "'When are you going to find the man that shot him? That's what I want to know.' "'When I get a composition from the only witness,' Mr. Simlins answered, and as the witness ain't particular about testifying, I'm afeard it'll be a spell o' time yet. It'll come out. I should think the fellow had made tracks fust thing, but I ain't heard of any one's been missin' from town, except Mr. Simlins suddenly stopped, 
and gazed at faith with a most extraordinary expression did you look at my flowers mr simlins said faith quite quietly though without meeting his eye i've seen those gays before growled mr simlins in a very uninterested manner i don't see as this is no more nor less than a nosegay do you suppose i might go up and see somebody upstairs for two minutes without creating any confusion mr simlins went up and shortly afterwards went away but if faith anticipated a good long lesson that afternoon to make up for the morning and afternoon in which she had none albeit the morning had been better than lessons she was to be disappointed hardly was the dinner over and the muffins mixed which she was determined should make amends for mr linden's poor breakfast when miss harrison came full of sorrow and sympathy and hope faith don't look a bit the worse ma'am she said to mrs derrick she couldn't look any way but just so her mother said with a fond glance why she could look pale but i don't see that she does even that unless perhaps just a tingy paleness as is rather becoming than otherwise dear miss derrick i hope you have forgiven julius it was a sorrowful smile that met her words and eyes that grew dim and looked away i suppose i could forgive the whole world since he didn't do any more harm said mrs derrick with her wonted gentleness but i wouldn't see her go with him again miss sophie if that's what you call forgiveness why not dear mrs derrick why not said the good lady why faith's used to being taken care of miss sophie and i'm used to seeing it my dear mrs derrick miss harrison exclaimed out of breath do you think she was not taken care of julius knows his horses and he is a capital hand with them he says himself he thinks he should have brought them too if that little wretch of a boy hadn't thrown up his nap before their eyes no horses would stand that you know and the best man in the world and the best driver can't be certain of his horses mrs derrick not take care of her i don't mean to say that he didn't mean to said mrs derrick quietly but i don't think he knows how you needn't look so miss sophie i'm not saying a word against your brother but faith's only part of the world to him and she's the whole of it to me he should have taken horses he was sure of said mrs derrick with a little flush on her cheek i don't know said miss harrison softly and looking at faith i don't know just what part of the world she is to him but i think and am very sure he would have thrown himself out rather than her can anybody do more can any man do more mrs derrick she said smiling i know you are her mother and though i am not her mother i think of her just as you do i can't say what any man can do said mrs derrick pleasantly i haven't tried many and you can't tell how i feel miss sophie it isn't cross if it sounds so how long has dr harrison had those horses why not very long said miss harrison he hasn't been home long himself but he's a good judge of horses she said a little less sure of her ground than in the former part of the conversation perhaps she was not sorry to have it interrupted my dear mrs derrick said mr somers entering i have come to congratulate you miss harrison i see is before me in this pleasant uh office miss faith i'm glad to see you looking so well after your overthrow mr somers went round shaking hands as he spoke mrs somers will be here presently to join me she stopped a few minutes by the way mrs somers always has more business on hand than i can uh keep up with mrs derrick i have rejoiced with you indeed ma'am somers had managed to keep up with her business and him too for she came in before mr somers had well taken the measure of his chair she walked up to faith and kissed her with a sort of glad energy 
gave her a comprehensive glance from head to foot, and then turned to Mrs. Derrick with, "'There's nothing amiss with her, after all. "'Sophie, what excuses have you brought in your bag? "'It seems to be full. "'I wish you'd make some for Julius, Aunt Ellen. "'I can see Mrs. Derrick has only half forgiven him. "'Has she got so far as that?' said Miss Summers. "'I don't know. "'Faith, you might come and say something. "'You know if it isn't true, and Mrs. Derrick will hear you.' Faith was busy giving Mrs. Summers a chair, and certainly looked as if she had nobody to forgive anything in the wide world. "'What do you want me to say, Sophie? Why, that Julius wasn't to blame. I find it is still a disputed point whether a man has a right to break his own neck,' said Mrs. Summers. "'I think he hasn't myself, but most people don't agree with me. Mr. Summers thinks people may run away alone or together, just as they've a mind.' I don't know whether it's the fees or the freedom that takes his fancy. I suppose, my dear, said Mr. Summers, a man may lawfully set out to take a ride without intending to break his own neck or anybody else's, and find it done at the end without blame to himself. I never was, I hope, a promoter of, ha, flighty marriages, to which you seem to allude. If he finds it done at the end, it isn't done very thoroughly, said Mrs. Summers. But Patacoset's grown up into a novel— last week furnished with a hero and this week with a heroine the course of things can't run smooth now so we may all look out for breakers of horses i hope among other things oh aunt ellen was miss harrison's not gratified comment on this speech i hope mrs summers don't mean that we are to look out for breakers of heart among the other things said mr summers look out for them to be sure said mrs harrison always and everywhere what would the world be without them the world would not be heartbroken, said Mrs. Summers. Faith, which of you came to first? Who picked you up? I don't know, Mrs. Summers. Sam Stoutenberg was passing just at the time, and Dr. Harrison called him. I don't know who picked me up. Sam Stoutenberg, said Mrs. Summers. Well, he's made, if nobody else is. He'll bless Julius for the rest of his life for giving him such a chance. Do you know how that boy watches you, Faith? I mean to speak to Mr. Linden about it the very first time I see him. Something in this speech called forth Faith's color. She had spoken Sam's name herself with the simplest unchanging face, but now the flushes came and came abundantly. I don't know what good that would do, Mrs. Summers. Nor I, till I try, said the lady, smiling at her. But if the mere mention is so powerful, what may not the reality do? I'll say one thing for Mr. Linden— he makes all those boys come into church and get seated before the service begins, which nobody else ever did yet, if they ever tried. I was curious to see how it would be last Sunday when he wasn't there, but they were more punctual than ever. It's quite a comfort. If there's anything I do hate to see, it's a troop of men and boys outside the door when they ought to be in. What are you afraid he'll say to Sam, Faith? Faith's eyes were looking down. The question brought them up, and then her smile was as frank as her blushes had been. "'I'm not afraid he'll say anything, Mrs. Summers.' "'I don't know why he should, my dear,' said Mr. Summers. "'We all like to use our eyes. You can't very well blame a boy.' "'Oh, Mr. Summers,' said his wife, with that air which a woman puts on when she says she believes, what she wouldn't for the world say if she believed. "'Of course you think that. Don't I know how you broke your heart after a green veil when you were in college? I don't think it's been right whole since.' Now I have some feeling for Sam, or his future wife. Well, Mrs. Derrick, what shall I tell Julius? said Miss Harrison as she rose to go. Tell him, said Mrs. Derrick inquiringly. He wouldn't care to hear anything about me if you did tell him, Miss Sophie. 
"'Well, he'll have to come and talk to you himself,' said Miss Harrison. "'Faith, stand up for the right.' Faith went to the door with her and returned ushering in a newcomer, even the wife of Farmer David's. "'Husband wanted me to come and see how Mr. Linden was,' she said in meek explanation of her appearance. "'He would have come himself, but he was forced to be in the field, and he said he wished I'd come myself. How is he, ma'am?' "'I hope he's better,' said Mrs. Derrick, giving her new visitor a kind reception and a seat. "'He don't get very strong fast. How are you all at home, Mrs. Davids?' "'We're considerable comfortable, ma'am,' said Mrs. Davids, taking the chair in an unobtrusive spirit. "'I am happy to have the occasion to make your acquaintance better. Husband would have come himself, only he couldn't. Mr. Linden don't get strong?' "'Not very fast,' said Mrs. Derrick. "'I don't know just when the doctor'll let him go to school again.' "'I suppose you're anxious about Phil, Mrs. Davids, but all the boys have to be out now.' "'Yes, ma'am, we're anxious, and husband is anxious about Mr. Linden, and he sent me to know. "'But there is such a change in Phil, ma'am,' she said, turning to Mrs. Summers. "'Such a change you wouldn't believe. "'He never would go to school before, not regular, not for nobody, not for his father, not for me, "'and it was more'n my life was worth. "'My husband, he said it was my fault, but I don't know how twas.' "'And now, sir, he don't want a word spoke to him. "'He's off before it's time in the morning, and he learns, too, for I catch him at it. "'And my husband don't think anything in the world is too good for Mr. Linden, "'nor, of course, I suppose I don't. "'But however he's managed or overcome it to make Phil draw in harness, "'I don't know, and my husband says he don't. "'And, ma'am, was those pears good? "'Or what does Mr. Linden like? "'If it's on the farm, he'll get it.' It would have taken more conversational skill than Mrs. Derrick possessed to give a summary answer to all this, but her simplicity answered as well, after all. "'I guess he'll like what you've been saying better than anything, Mrs. Davids. I'll tell him.' "'Do,' said Mrs. Davids. "'I wished you would. Husband would have said it completer. He thinks, ma'am,' turning to Mrs. Summers again, "'that Mr. Linden is a wonderful man, and I'm of the opinion he's handsome.' Faith had been sitting quiet and demure for some time past, hearing what was going on, but this last sentence drove her to the right about like lightning. She found something to do in another part of the room. "'Did you ever hear anybody say he wasn't?' said Mrs. Summers. "'Mr. Summers, it's time we were going. Ah, here's Squire Stoutenburg. Faith, come here.' And Squire Stoutenburg, appearing in the doorway like the worthy father of his stout son, bowed to the company. "'Well, Mrs. Derrick,' he said, "'Good day, Mr. Summers, and Mrs. Summers. "'I beg pardon. "'Well, Miss Faith, I'm glad it is well, I'm sure. "'My dear, how do you do?' "'Why, very well, sir,' said Faith. "'Why, so it is,' said Squire Stoutenburg, "'taking hold of both her hands and looking at her. "'Sam said you were as pale as a ghost "'when he carried you down to the spring. "'But Sam don't always see straight when he's excited. "'You needn't be frightened if I kiss you, my dear. "'You know I always do, and always have, "'since you were a year old.' said the squire, as he took his wonted privilege. Faith gravely submitted, not letting the squire, however, get any further than her cheek, which ought to have contented him. "'Sam was very good to me yesterday, sir,' she answered. "'I think, squire,' said Mr. Summers, "'I think your son was, uh, in luck, as we say, a fortunate chance, what most people would have thought no, uh, disagreeable office.' "'Sam's a good boy,' said his father.' A very good boy, always was. He does crow a little over Dr. Harrison, I must say. But what shall we do with the doctor, Mr. Summers? What does he deserve for running away with our Pataquasset roses and turning them into meadow lilies? Yes, yes. Miss Faith, you may look as pink as you please now. 
it won't help the matter what shall we do with him sir my dear said squire stoutenburg seating faith by his side and dropping his voice you're growing wonderfully like your father a changed sweet glance of faith's eyes answered him yes the squire repeated meditatively and looked at her ah he was a fine man i used to think he couldn't be better but i suppose he is now my dear you needn't wonder when i tell you that i thought more of your mother last night than i did of you but you don't remember all about that well i shall go home and tell mrs stoutenburg that you're as pretty as a posy and then she won't care what else is the matter he said getting up again mrs summers i see the parson durstn't say a word about dr harrison before you i i declare i don't think dr harrison is very much to be blamed squire said the parson thus called upon and mrs summers is so well able to speak for herself i have no doubt squire stoutenburg if it wasn't for mrs summers i dare say i might like to do as much as the doctor did myself bless my life said squire stoutenburg i can't stay to be a party to confidence of that sort i must go and he departed laughing and followed by the two others but even as they went faith who with her mother had accompanied them to the door was electrified somewhat doubtfully at the vision of miss deacon just within the gate miss cecilia came forward also with some doubt upon her spirit to judge by her air but faith's greeting of her was so pleasant and kind though she could not prevent its being grave that the young lady evidently took heart being reassured she sat and talked at leisure and at length using her eyes as well as her tongue thus making herself mistress of all the truth she could get at and of some more she was thorough in her investigations as to all the drama of the last seven days and all and each of the actors therein and at the close of her visit declared that sam had been a great fool to go away and that she had told him so before and departed at last with her head full of dr harrison but detentions were not over miss bezac came before miss deacon was quite out of the parlor and before miss bezac had been two minutes there other members of the patequesset community came pouring in everybody must see faith hear particulars discuss realities and possibilities of the accident and know how mr linden was getting along the hours of the afternoon waned away but people came as people went and it was not long till shadows and slant sunbeams began to give note of supper-time that the influx lessened and the friends gathered in mrs derrick's parlor began to drop away without others stepping in to take their place faith said her mother when they were at last alone i can't bear this any longer i shall go crazy if i hear that story one other time to-night and she put her arms round faith and leaned her head wearily on her shoulder i'll sit up to tea she went on presently and then if the rest of the town comes you'll have to see them for i can't faith gently put her into a chair and holding her in her arms stooped over her mother the words were as soft as the kisses which came between you mustn't mind it so much sit up to tea why i have made some of the best muffins that ever were seen child said her mother in a low voice i felt this morning as if i had been as near death as you had and if the words needed any emphasis they had it in the way mrs derrick leaned her head against faith and was silent but not for long she got up and kissing faith two or three times said my pretty child in a tone that indeed told of possible heartbreak and then half holding her half held by her drew her on into the tea-room end of chapter twenty six recording by lynette calkins monument colorado